is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. High-level sources telling me that they believe this is a terrorist attack that was committed there in Buffalo near the bridge. We know two men have died in that explosion. I was told it's the passenger and the driver. They don't believe that this was a car battery that exploded. They said this vehicle was full of explosive devices, and the sources believe that there was some planning that went into this. Now, that is uh, Fox's Alexis McAdams, a report that was filed about a couple hours ago now. And you take a look at what happened at the Rainbow Bridge in the border, our northern border, right off Niagara Falls, place I have been through on multiple occasions, family in the area. Now, one thing that is interesting that's happened subsequent to that report that's been filed is is what New York's governor came out and, and said. So Kathy Hochul has come out most recently And said, and this is a quote from her, there is no evidence, no evidence at this time that this was terrorist activity. And that's what I want to make very clear to the public. Okay. Um, Nobody else is being very clear to the public in such a demonstrative way. The FBI, who is, you know, the, the lead investigator in this one, they have not said that there's no evidence of terrorist activity. What is Kathy Hochul's rationale for coming out and saying there is no evidence at this time this was terrorist activity? And I want to make that very clear to the public. Well, she's saying that it was a local guy, or I guess if there are two local guys, but she said a local guy. What is this? Oh, that John, he's really done it this time. Gosh, you know, he he loaded up those bombs and he ended up uh, going straight at Border Patrol. Not Bob. Silly Bob. Don't mind him. It's just he got carried away this time. It'll be the last time, obviously. I mean, seriously, is that the place we're supposed to live in mentally and intellectually here? I mean, look, you got to let the investigators do what they do. Uh, But if you have a massive explosion to the point where you can't even identify the people that were in the car, and that's what we've heard so far. Uh, because of of how massive the explosion was. If you have a car that is driving erratically and is speeding towards Border Patrol, that isn't a terrorist attack? Even if it is a local guy. I I don't know, maybe somebody familiar to to Kathy Huckel? I mean, it it just, you, you can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. And by the way, we get to talk about things like this in part, not just because New York, uh, once again, did not make sense. And, you know, Kathy Hochul is her governor, but also because Joe Biden is president of the United States and he makes the entire world less safe. And so you have crazy people that get ideas from all over the place and bad people are acting out more regularly, whether you're talking about terrorist organizations like Hamas or I don't know, Bob and Johnny from somewhere in New York. If that's who this turns out to be. Because Kathy Hook wants to make it very clear. Hey there. Um, happy Thanksgiving-ish. Uh, Brian Mudd 
I am the host of uh, the Brian Mudd Show. WJNO is my home station in West Palm Beach. It has been a, a nice and beautiful day. My sympathies to those who have been dealing with a lot of weather in uh, parts far to the, the north of where I am. And we have had House Speaker Mike Johnson over this way. He's been meeting with the former and perhaps future president of the United States at, at Mar-a-Lago. So trying to get on the same page. And after fundraising really uh, has not gone well for House Republicans. Talk a little bit about that coming up in the third hour of the show. It is always an honor and a pleasure being here with you. You can catch me at Brian Mudd Radio, wherever you are doing things socially. And uh, you can also check out the Brian Mudd Show podcast wherever you get your podcast. I want to talk a little bit about the ceasefire, the, the situation with Hamas, the and how it ties in even to today's, I don't know, maybe not a terrorist attack, just, you know, bunch of bombs and a couple of guys driving a border patrol, whatever that is. Victorious resistance. Victorious resistance. That's the quote from Hamas following the negotiated ceasefire under which Hamas has agreed to release 50 hostages, three of which we're told are, are going to be Americans. In exchange for 150 people detained by Israel, some fuel and some aid. Now, think about this for a moment. We have a ceasefire deal where Hamas, where the terrorist organization releases 50 hostages. And in turn, they get 150 people they want that have been detained by Israel. They get fuel and they get aid. Who brokers such an absurd deal. Who brokers such a horrible deal? A deal in which the terrorists get a three-to-one exchange rate plus some massive perks in the, pro- uh, the the process? Oh, and of course, the ceasefire to regroup after Israel has made an impressive progress in knocking down one of the most evil regimes in the world. I mean, let's think about this. Hmm. Who could it be? Who could broker such an absurd deal? I think about that. No, come on, man. Of course, you know, it's got uh, got to be. It, it, it's a deal so bad. You must know that it has Joe Biden's fingerprints all over it, which it does. Quoting an NBC News headline, White House spent weeks working on hostage deal. Administration official says. OK, so not only did Biden manage to broker such a horrible deal, but he spent Weeks getting to such a horrible deal. And now they're they're looking to take credit for it. Now, naturally, it would take the administration. That's first proven it's willing to negotiate with terrorists, which is the first mistake here. Hamas terrorist organization. So we're negotiating with terrorists. The moment you do that, what happens? Well, in principle, it makes the entire world less safe, right? To broker something with a terrorist organization? What is that going to do to terrorists around the world? Is that going to send a message that it's a bad idea to attack and take prisoners, to take hostages? Or that there's an incentive to do this? Secondly, it would take an administration as wholly incompetent as this one to spend weeks just to arrive 
as such a horrible deal after accepting that false premise of negotiating with terrorists. I mean, after all, it was just weeks before the Hamas terror attacks in Israel on October 7th that the U.S. released $6 billion to Iran in exchange for five hostages. I mean, think about what message was sent at that point. $6 billion for five hostages. I mean, you, you can imagine that in whatever their version of a you know, terrorist war room is, Hamas is in there going, well, shoot, make sure you get a lot of those guys when we go over there and carry out this, this terror attack in Israel. If five are worth six billion, I mean, gosh, we get a few hundred here. Imagine what we can do. Isn't that the message that was sent? See, um, you know, we, we had the mullahs in Iran before and after that hostage deal, the, the five hostages for $6 billion. They gather together once again, chanting as they frequently do, death to Israel and death to America. And based on what we saw out of the Iranian-backed terrorist organization, Hamas, guess what? They meant it. And all this time, when the Iranian mullahs got together and enchanted things like that, I mean, who knew? You know, a lot of people thought they were just kidding. Oh, they're, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the, the non-terrorist situation, the Rainbow Bridge in Niagara Falls today at the U.S.-Canada border. It was just uh, Bob and maybe Johnny. The, they, they, they took it too far this time, but it's not a terrorist situation, right? It's, I guess that's what Biden was thinking when it came to the mullahs in Iran. Yeah, they chant death to Israel, death to America. It's just it's what they do. But maybe they actually meant it. Who knew? Yeah. Anyway, the message was clearly sent by Dementia Joe uh, that A, the U.S. negotiates with terrorists, and that B, if five hostages are worth $6 billion to the United States, yeah, think about that price tag. And think if we can strategically carry out a terrorist attack with the goal of the eradication of Israel. Imagine if we can get some Americans in the mix, too. That really will up the ante. So here we are in a place in which President Biden personally and his administration generally has put endless pressure on Israel to cave to the terrorists and to reward their tactics of taking hostages for the very purpose of gaining substantial leverage over Israel. And that by holding American hostages helps to ensure that uh, the, the bedwetter in chief is actively engaged in all facets of the process. Show of hands. How many people really think that Netanyahu would have done this deal? If it were just Netanyahu, and I know he has said some things like, yeah, this will be a good deal and everything else. Do you really think he was given a chance? Do you really think he would broker this deal? Left independent of the massive pressure campaign that was launched by our feckless president of the United States against him. I mean, it's a lot of fun when you've got to fight Hamas. And you've got to fight, to a certain degree, the president of the United States in the process as well. So be warned that in addition to Joe Biden's feckless existence as president of the United States, 
which serves to make the world less safe. We all, especially as Americans, are being made less safe because the, the value we serve as hostages continues to rise with, with Joe Biden in office as well. This is what happens when the leader of the free world doesn't protect freedom, but instead negotiates with and by proxy aids and abets terrorists. How many people would have thought that it was appropriate for the United States of America to ever have negotiated with Osama bin Laden? How is this any different? And for those who don't know, or for those who may have forgotten, a little refresh as to what Hamas stands for. Because the evil that is represented by them, a designated terrorist organization going back to 1997, but really what was stated in their charter sets the stage for what a false premise all this was and why it is that we're in this place today, why it very well may be that there is a non-terrorist terrorist attack that, that happened in our country today. Maybe another reason why if you're flying TSA is on their highest possible alert. Apparently, the TSA um, TSA did not get the message from Kathy Hochul. There really wasn't anything to worry about. It was just Bob and Johnny. So yeah, there's that. But yeah, if you're traveling anywhere, the high alert threat is on. You're going to have to deal with more security and everything else. All this is in part because Joe Biden is president of the United States, and his very existence there makes us less safe. I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one. Mud Lovin. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company, Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k and you want to diversify with physical gold, you can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, Levin to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Updates I can give right now is there are four border crossings that are right now closed. Rainbow Bridge, Whirlpool Bridge, Queenston Bridge, and Peace Bridge. Uh, additional measures are being uh, contemplated and activated at all border crossings across the country. All right. Now, apparently, Justin Trudeau, Canada's Justin Trudeau, he didn't get the message from New York Governor Kathy Hochul that it really wasn't anything to be that concerned about it. You know, it wasn't a terrorist. It, it was like Bob and Johnny or something from, you know, I, I don't know, upstate New York. And yeah, just, just yeah, it'll be OK. Uh, so, yes. Uh, what's also interesting, by the way, aside from Kathy Hochul having made the determination that the FBI has not publicly made as of now. 
which is the explosion at the Rainbow Bridge was not a, a, a terrorist attack. The other thing that's interesting is, where's our president? Has Joe Biden offered up anything? No. We've got the FBI that's on heightened terror watch. We've got TSA checkpoints on one of the busiest travel weeks of the year. We've, we've got them going, going full scale here right now. Our president, I don't know. I mean, it's probably too cold for him to be on the beach. Not sure. Maybe he, he's not even aware of what's happening here. Maybe he was just taking his uh, cues from, from Kathy Hochul. She said it was fine, so he's not going not gonna to come out today. Anyway, uh, Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. Since 2006, a designated terrorist organization, Hamas, has led the Palestinian territories. And as we've been talking about, you know, what happened at the northern border today, it's all interconnected with what's been going on overseas. That Joe Biden's very presence makes the world less safe. And also, that terror attacks beget what? More terror attacks. Whether they're organized like Hamas, or if it turns out that whatever happened at the Rainbow Bridge was maybe a lone wolf type of situation, or, or two, since we've heard there are a couple of people that were involved. We've seen this time and again, right? It's just like with ISIS. When ISIS was at its prime, when ISIS was carrying out its caliphate, what happened? Well, we saw radicalized ISIS members carry out terror attacks throughout the United States. What happened when Donald Trump came came into power and he bombed the blank out of ISIS just like he said he would? Well, wasn't it the case that the terror attack, attack stopped after ISIS was, was blown to bits? So what we have here is all part of a, a different version of a very similar thing. But you've had this terror organization that has been in place since 2006, leading the Palestinian territories, designated as a terrorist organization by this country since 1997. And you have our president of the United States that is negotiating with them and negotiating with them when they're at war with Israel. And as we are trying to accomplish what exactly? See, if safety is the goal, we're failing miserably. I'll pick up here. Look forward to taking some of your calls next as well. Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mark Levin. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k and you want to diversify with physical gold, you can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. 
America's most powerful conservative voice. The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. Attorney General Merrick Garland received a full briefing. FBI Director Ray also heavily involved considering the FBI is the lead on this case. The director testified before Congress several times over the past month. He says before the October 7th attack in Israel, the FBI was seeing increased chatter. Yeah, so that is uh, Fox's David Spun. So again, we have seen increased threats to our country. We've seen increased threats around the world. And you even hear that it started before we had the Hamas terror attack in Israel on October 7th. Well, it's been building right along, right? I mean, what message was sent in Afghanistan going back nearly two and a half years ago now? I mean, the message that was loud and clear that was received certainly by Vladimir Putin. Does Russia invade Ukraine if Donald Trump is still president of the United States? Do we have China that continues to propagate the way they are, not just over Taiwan, where one of these days they're just going to claim that Taiwan is theirs, which they're essentially trying to do right now. But something else that has been going on that receives very little attention, which is provocating over other countries, including the Philippines and the South China Sea. Oh, by the way. It's all back to the same thing, and it's Joe Biden's weakness. But then when you have the president of the United States who trades five hostages for six billion dollars to a state sponsor of terror in Iran. Boy, you got to imagine those alarm bells are going off in all different corners about acting out. And the bad actors have. By the way, uh, Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin. It is always an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. And, and look, I, I, I hope you are in route or are in place and, and have a very wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. I kind of hate to be talking about terror and attacks and all these things. But this is the world we live in, right? Uh, You know, we don't live in a place where we are as safe as we were or as safe as we could be. And it's a consequence of making bad decisions at a voting booth. And one of the things that's important, as I always talk about there being two sides of stories and and one side of facts, is we need to take every opportunity, one, to inform ourselves, but then also to do what we can to inform those who are open to information. And it's one of the really important things is this is – you know, front and center again today in this country to where there is a, uh, I don't know, if you listen to Kathy Hochul, a non-terror terror attack that, is, that has happened at the Rainbow Bridge at the, uh, you know, northern border, nor- Niagara Falls with, with Canada. Uh, we have all the travel that is going on for Thanksgiving while we now have TSA and, and other related security agencies that are on the highest level of alert, which means that if you are still traveling, you're going to run into, you know, slower security situations the rest of the way here. But again, it gets back to one very big thing, and it's and it's what Joe Biden has represented since he got into office, which is weakness. And every time, just as Reagan showed us peace through strength. And it's funny, a few weeks ago when I was last guesting for Mark Levin, the last thing I was talking about was the crazy guy with the nukes. You know, it was, uh, it, it, it's always been my argument to the left. You know, Donald Trump, you know, they remember back in, in 2015 and then 2016 
uh, you know, in the, in the campaign. Oh, my gosh, this Donald Trump. You, you, could you imagine the, having the crazy guy with the nukes? And, and the point always was twofold there. One, if you really think that Donald Trump, will, for example, is a crazy man with the nukes and you are a bad actor somewhere in the world, would you be more or less likely to act out? If you really thought he could just fly off the handle and, and you know, lob some nukes your way. Uh, so any way you want to slice it, just Donald Trump being in that office made the world less safe What or made the world more safe. And look what happened. I mean, we were as safe as we have been since prior to 9-11 in this country. And just in a matter of months of Donald Trump being in that office, you take a look at everything that's happened since. So you've had Hamas, a designated terror organization that had from its charter the stated goal of the eradication of Israel. And I've shared this before, but it bears repeating as we now have a ceasefire deal that apparently was at least in part brokered for weeks by Joe Biden's administration. The 1988 Charter of Hamas states this. The Islamic resistance movement is a distinguished Palestinian movement whose allegiance is to Allah and whose way of life is Islam. It strives to raise the banner of Allah over every inch of Palestine. Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it, just as it obliterated others before it. Palestine is an Islamic land. Since this is the case, the liberation of Palestine is an individual duty for every Muslim, wherever he may be. The day the enemies usurp part of Muslim land, jihad becomes the individual duty of every Muslim. In the face of the Jews' usurpation, it is compulsory that the banner of jihad be raised. So-called peaceful solutions and international conferences are in contradiction to the principles of the Islamic resistance movement. Got that? So-called peaceful solutions and international conferences are in contradiction to the principles of the Islamic resistance movement. What are we doing again? There is no solution for the Palestinian problem except by jihad. Now, that is Hamas's literal charter, and that is who we negotiate with. That is continuing in real time to make the world less safe. Let's go to Tony in New Jersey. Um, Tony, welcome to the show. Hi, Brian Mudd. It's always a pleasure. Listen, you know, I don't know what to say because you've laid everything out for us so clean and, and clear and crisp. I do want to say that we are in a very dire situation because of our government and our government's philosophy of appeasement and and weakness. And, you know, the only thing I can say is really, you know, and I've never felt this before because I love history and I can always bring up things from history. But I was looking at the, the map of the Middle East and it's so clear to me that, you know, it's such a laid out beautiful land and to have all this evil in it, it has to be eradicated. And yet we are not, we're not getting that message through. And so, you know what, Brian, I'm relying on my, my strength and what the Bible says. And there's a Holocaust museum in Israel where it's written on the walls that God has promised that land to Israel. 
And so when all else fails, Brian, and, and we're hoping someone will r- rise up in this mass of, of people who are useless, no peacemakers, no strength. But I'm hoping that God is going to rise up and say, I've had enough of this shit because this world doesn't need to go after the beautiful nation of Israel. And that's all I want to say tonight. And Tony, thank you very much for the call. Um, and uh, may, may God bless you. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, there is a biblical element to all this. Uh, you, you certainly get that feel. And if you know your your biblical history as well, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have gone to that particular place. Let's go to Billy in Mississippi. Billy, welcome to the show. Yes, I just want to comment in regards to, you made a statement earlier about how unsafe the country is with the Biden administration. And I beg uh, to differ with you. Um, this is, this is, uh, he had no, no dealing with what has happened. All he's doing now is what is required of him as the president of the United States to work towards trying to resolve the issue. So, Billy, I, and I I'm, I'm mean this genuinely, do you think it's a coincidence that we had a de-escalation in conflict, no new wars, when Donald Trump was president, the ending of the ISIS caliphate in a matter of months when he became president, Islamic terror was off the bat. Remember, we went actually for several years in this country without having to worry about Islamic terror once again. But as soon as Afghanistan happened, as soon as we had the collapse in Afghanistan, the debacle of the pullout under the Biden administration, all blank broke loose. And do you really think it's a a coincidence that Afghanistan happens then you have Russia that decides to invade Ukraine after President Biden says that he has made clear to Russia they can't do this. And he's confident. Biden said on many occasions that Russia would not invade Ukraine. We had these conversations. We'd put everything. not going to happen. And do you think it's a coincidence that Hamas, who has been in charge of the Palestinian territories since 2006, you think it's a coincidence that they just recently acted the way they did? Are all these just coincidences? I am a Vietnam veteran. When I look at conflicts, anything have to do with war, it's all about the billionaires and the trillionaires making money. And that's all it's about. However, however, I would vote, I would vote for Joe Biden Next year and the year after that, I well, Billy, would not vote for Donald Trump. Billy, I, I look. I appreciate your I appreciate your service, but uh, you are woefully ill informed when it comes to the motivation of these Islamic terrorists. If you think this is just about profiteering for them, I read you. The Hamas charter in their charter is the eradication of Israel. And by the way, with Islamic terrorists, generally, once they have accomplished that, they turn themselves to other targets, i.e. Al Qaeda, United States, free world generally. 
you know, you you take a look at 9-11, for example. I, I don't know how you say that the terrorists who carried out the attacks here were motivated by profit. I don't know how you would say that Osama bin Laden was personally motivated by profit. Certainly uh, seems as though it would have been better from him just, you know, surely from a dollars and cents standpoint to have stayed in Saudi Arabia originally in his very nice setup that he had there. So, uh, God bless you, Billy. But in in the grand scheme of being woefully uninformed, sir, uh, you are way, 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 way up there. Uh, but I wish you well. All right, let's go to Joe in New York. Joe, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. I live about 40 miles from Niagara Falls. I've been to that crossing dozens of times. Uh, they finally showed a picture of the car sailing through the air. It looked as if it had been fired from a cannon. Um, they say the car was stolen. Well, quite frankly, if I was in a stolen car, I don't think I'd be heading toward the cops because basically speaking, the entrance to the uh, Rainbow Bridge to get across the border is basically a dead end. Okay, you have all kinds of barriers. So you can. So far, of course, you can. You can't prove it was a terrorist attack. I would dare say it depends on whom they find was driving the car. Because if there's two 16-year-old kids, which is typically who are stealing cars now, they would not have run towards the cops. They would have run away. So right now, of course, we need more information. But right now, uh, you cannot rule it out, period. Joe, uh, appreciate the call. And uh, yeah, I mean, just to the the absurdity that it is. Again, the FBI, which is the lead in investigative unit in this country over overseeing this investigation, they have not ruled anything out at this point. They are investigating this as a potential terrorist uh, attack. But Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, saying, no, 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 just, you know. It's like uh, Bob and Johnny down the road or something. Uh, the crazy, crazy kids or crazy people. I don't know. Uh, you also have had the uh, you know, Canadians act as though this is a potential terrorist attack. So, yeah, it's it's fascinating, actually, the, the way that that has all come about. But, uh, yeah, appreciate appreciate the call. All right. Um, we're going to continue this conversation on the other side. I'm Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mud Lovin. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k... Do you want to diversify with physical gold? You can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. The FBI director points out that his folks on the ground and his teams are seeing increased chatter about potential attacks, no matter what the actual motive is or the inspiration is. 
Yeah, again, uh, Fox's David Spunt there, the increased chatter uh, long before all this. And now we have whatever uh, may have happened at the Rainbow Bridge today that uh, New York Governor Kathy Hochul is ruling out as a terrorist attack. Just, you know, car goes boom after going straight at the Border Patrol station. I Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see here. Oh, also, at the same time that we've got this negotiated ceasefire with terrorists that have a stated goal of the eradication of Israel. Again, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Uh, By the way, something that you should see. And just in time for the holidays, for the patriot in your life, you've got the Democrat Party Hates America, but not just any edition of the Democrat Party Hates America. You can grab your limited First edition, signed copies of the Democrat Party Hates America. Get them before they're gone. You go to levinsigned.com. Again, these limited first edition copies are at levinsigned.com. Go there, check it out, and that is a a great gift for the holidays, for the patriot in your life. So as we're taking a look at whatever has happened today at Niagara Falls, At our northern border, as we're taking a look at a negotiated ceasefire with terrorists. Given that Hamas's charter is the eradication of Israel. Given that they've carried out uh, the greatest atrocities against the Jewish people since the Holocaust. Given that they remain the next door neighbor of, of Israel and has they've made clear that they really don't believe in ceasefires. They've actually said they do not believe in ceasefires or peaceful solutions. What does all of this really mean? And what then is the ceasefire deal really about? You know, it's really easy for those who are far removed from Israel to talk about the need for peace to call for a ceasefire. It's easy for many to look the other way when their actual neighbors here at home are openly supporting the quote-unquote Palestinians which are governed by choice by Hamas. Again, Hamas was voted into power. It's Hamas that started this fight. It's Hamas that's stated that Israel has no right to exist. It's Hamas that says there's no peace. So by virtue of what they stand for, it's explicitly stated that this deal that they've accepted helps them carry out their objective. Let's be clear. The only reason they would do this, given all of that, is that this helps them carry out their objective of the eradication of Israel. And by the way, after that, all the others who aren't down with Allah's cause, after that, they're evil. That's what they do. Assisting them carrying out evil, that's not good. Brian Mudd, and for the great one, Mark Levin. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Witnesses who are on the ground there in Niagara Falls, New York, say that the vehicle, they saw it in a parking lot of a 7-Eleven. It sped out, went on the main approach, which is Niagara Street, toward the bridge. That's when it switched to the inspection lanes. But it was in the inspection lanes, but going in the opposite direction. In other words, it was heading toward Canada in the lanes in which the vehicles coming from Canada are supposed to be coming from. That's when it sped up and we're told it slammed into the concrete obstacle that is put in front of the booths to protect the booths. Today is Fox's Eric Sean describing what went down there. You have the investigation ongoing. You have New York's Governor Kathy Hochul. It's come out and said, no terrorist attack, nothing to see here, really. It's just a couple of uh, well, locals or something like that. Remains to be seen what's going on. Uh, know that if you're traveling, all of the agencies, TSA on down, are on the highest possible alert. So it's probably going to take you even longer than it already would to to get through security at this point. I do hope you and your family have a a wonderful Thanksgiving outside of the world that we live in that is less safe than it had been with, uh, well, the previous president, because Joe Biden's very existence as president of the United States not only makes this country less safe, but makes the entire world less safe because bad actors get ideas around every turn, especially when we do things like negotiate with terrorists, which we have learned that the ceasefire deal which, by the way, we are now hearing the the hostage swap is being delayed. So this is now breaking news that there is a delay here. I, I wonder what could go wrong when you're negotiating with terrorists. I, I wonder in the first place. But anyway, the continued weakness on the world stage. You know, something I talked about recently was the need to let Israel do what needs to be done. I'm Brian Mudd. I'm the host of The Brian Mudd Show. My home station is WJNO in in West Palm Beach. You can catch me socially at Brian Mudd Radio. You also check out The Brian Mudd Show podcast and the blog by the same name as well. Always appreciate hearing from you and uh, look forward to connecting. Always an honor and a pleasure to get to guest host for, for the great one. As we take a look at where we sit today, We have not let Israel, we've not gotten out of their way and just let them do what needs to be done. After 9-11, did we ever negotiate with Osama bin Laden? We ever negotiate with the Taliban? Did we have any ceasefires during combat? Did we give a rip about what other countries had to say about our response? So why exactly is Israel any different? Given that Hamas's charter calls for jihad and the eradication of Israel, given that Hamas has carried out the greatest atrocities against the Jewish people since the Holocaust, given that they've said already they don't believe, and by way of their charter, by the way, in ceasefires or peaceful solutions, what exactly is this? So we've seen a ramping up, a ramping up, a ramping up of bad actors all throughout Biden's presidency. And what we've seen is the world's instability as a result. Why exactly is Hamas hanging on to as many hostages? Let's say for a second that this now delayed hostage for prisoner swap is going to go through. Why is it? 
that Hamas is still hanging on to as many hostages as we are told they're holding on to, which this only represents, I don't know, somewhere in the quarter of a, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of a quarter of the hostages, third to a quarter of the hostages that they still have. Why are they hanging on to so many still? What will the next demand, should this one go through, what would the next demand from Hamas be? Are we waiting until Iran has nuclear capabilities, which some rumors suggest could happen some point next year? Maybe just months away. We, we wait until Iran is, is fully ready to engage in the mix. Not just as the sponsor of terror behind the scenes with Hamas and others, but, you know, more in a more verbose way. And again, ask yourself, it's a very easy question. Would the world be safer? Is the world safer if Hamas exists or if they don't? I mean, would it therefore if Hamas existing makes the world less safe, why would we not want to wipe them out as quickly as possible? Why would we want to slow things down? The United States under Biden's leadership has not been letting Israel do what needs to be done. You know, in the words of Robert Gates, the man who said that Biden had been wrong on every major foreign policy decision of the past 40 years, except now you can make that 50. I mean, when Gates said that, it was a decade ago. Now we're up to 50 years of uh, failing for Joe Biden. If we don't stand with Israel until the job is done, there's going to be a lot more aggression that comes for all of us. But the bigger issue in the here and now is the longer that this plays out, the less safe that the world continues to be as well. But the more that we have negotiations that take place with terrorists, that most certainly makes all of us less safe. What kind of price exists for us if we're to be taken hostage? Think people have ideas about that state side? Certainly been a concern of our intelligence agencies. Christopher Ray warns, not all that long ago, warned Congress that it's a concern. And on top of it all, you also have President Biden continuing to talk about a two-state solution, the need for a two-state solution. He's been warning Israel, been spending all this time in Gaza, and Israel has said that maybe they'll leave some military uh, at, you know, force in, in place there in Gaza for a while. Well, he, Biden say no, you can't do that. So a few weeks ago, when I was last in for the great one, I, I spoke of the fallacy of a two-state solution. Talk about the farce of it now. You know, ignorance is a powerful thing, and it, it's a weapon that is regularly leveraged over a certain large segment of our country's population. Hence, how people can still take a look at Joe Biden and go, yeah, give me some more of that guy. But thankfully, it's a minority of people at this point. But again, there are still plenty of people out there that exist. Tens of millions of people that for everything that we've seen with this administration, takes a look at him and goes, yeah, give me more of that guy. So despite what we've seen, which is evident with the current president, there's something that was interesting recently with the former president. Not Trump, but the former Democrat president, Barack Obama, who sure feels like he's often involved in some of the thought processes that are articulated from the Biden administration. No. And also current secretary of state, Antony Blinken. 
Quoting Obama recently, he said, all of this is taking place against the backdrop of decades of failure to achieve a durable peace for both Israelis and Palestinians, one that is based on genuine security for Israel, a recognition of its right to exist, and a peace that is based on an end of the occupation and the creation of a viable state and self-determination for the Palestinian people. I mean, like those are warm and fluffy words that seem to project perfect sense for people who just don't know stuff. But again, I've, I've read the Hamas charter for you. And the Hamas charter states that there can be no Israel. And as for Antony Blinken, he took it two steps further. Twice now, he's met with the PLO's Mahmoud Abbas, the leader of, of the PLO, which is first alarming for granting the PLO the legitimacy of an uh, official U.S. state visit, and second, because it is the PLO. Quoting a U.S. diplomat, speaking on behalf of Blinken from one of those meetings, the diplomat said he expressed the commitment of the United States to working toward the realization of the Palestinians' legitimate aspirations for the establishment of a Palestinian state. Again, nice enough sounding for the woefully ill-informed, but rather than than reinventing uh, you know, the, the conversation on this, I'll take you back to some of what I talked about a few weeks ago, the fallacy of a two-state solution, because it was during an ever-rare presser a few weeks ago where President Biden was willing to field a, a, a few questions, like literally just a few, he was asked about the Israel-Hamas war and what was going to come next. His answer, he said, there's no going back to the status quo as it stood on October 6th. That means Hamas can no longer terrorize Israel and use Palestinians as human shields. It also means when this crisis is over, there has to be a vision of what comes next. And in our view, it has to be a two-state solution. But the problem is reality on the ground. And the history lesson that's associated with this is critical to understanding how this will never be a tenable situation. You know, Dementia Joe has evidently forgotten his history again. Because, again, it was in 1948, under terms agreed to under the United Nations General Assembly, that the lands that comprise modern-day Israel, the current Palestinian territories, were designated to create an Arab territory and a Jewish state. And it was on May 15th of 1948 that Israel was officially recognized by the United Nations as a state. Palestinian territories are governed by two Arab governments, Egypt and Jordan, that continued until June of 67 when Israel's influence did expand in the region, including holding influence over what then became known as the occupied Palestinian territories. The Israeli occupation in those disputed Palestinian territories continued until 93 when the Israeli military withdrew from the territory and recognized the PLO. They recognized the PLO, the Palestinian, the, the Palestine Liberation Organization, through the Oslo Accord. And at that point, Israel said, we want a two-state solution. We recognize the PLO. However, what happened? Almost immediately, the PLO engaged in terror operations against Israelis. As a result, they weren't officially recognized as a state by the United Nations. They had the opportunity. They were recognized. You can have your own state. And what did they do? Viewed a two-state solution as weakness and tried to kill as many Jews in Israel as they could. 
What does that tell you? And what happened with time? Well, the even more radical terrorist organization, Hamas, which was overwhelmingly voted into power by the Palestinian people in 2006, and which most recently, according to the Pew Research Center, supported by at least 75% of the Palestinian people. So let's say for a minute that Israel does eliminate Hamas, which is a gigantic if, if we allow uh, that to happen. The Palestinian territories go back to what? The rule under the slightly less terroristic governance of the PLO? And we are, are legitimizing this. We evidently don't know history, don't understand what they're about, still don't get it when you have Islamic terror organizations that say, and we really mean to kill those who don't view the way the world the way that we do. And by the way, that starts with Israel. Details, right? I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one. Mud Lovin. You want a killer Black Friday deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad-pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Now, under this deal, Israel's going to get 50 of their hostages back, mostly women and children. In exchange, Israel will be releasing 150 Palestinian prisoners. Now, the hostages, we understand, will be freed in groups of 10 to 20 over the span. Yeah, that is Fox's uh, Jeff Paul uh, describing the the deal. I mean, what a what a brilliant deal that is anyway. Right. I mean. Uh, let's do a three for one. The, the terrorists get three of the people they want for every one uh, you know, that, that we want back. I mean, that's and it took the Biden administration weeks to arrive at that deal. I mean, that's just absolutely fantastic on top of the false premise of negotiating with terrorists in the first place. I mean, call me crazy, but, you know, the the most efficient way to actually free hostages is to kill the people holding them. Just saying, you know, if you eradicate Hamas quickly and efficiently, then you have a, a really good chance of, of freeing hostages uh, sooner rather than later. At a minimum, not having more hostages uh, taken might be helpful in the process somewhere. Uh, Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin. And it is almost stunning. I, w- I want to demonstrate a pattern here for a moment. I mean, on an intellectual level, there's a really good chance you know this, but I just want to connect a few dots to show just how stunning this how stunningly wrong this administration, but also prior Democrat administrations, like literally every one of the most recent Democrat administrations have been on what amounts to Islamic terror. So think back for a moment. 
if we if we think back uh, beyond Biden and we go to Barack Obama, wow, was that the proliferation of Islamic terror? No, the rise of ISIS, the Muslim Brotherhood, who Obama himself went to Africa, called on the Muslim Brotherhood to rise up. You know what? They listened to him. Remember that when Obama went over there to Africa and he said, rise up. And the Muslim Brotherhood went, heck yeah, our time has come. President of the United States is is on board, evidently, with what we do. And then Benghazi and everything else. And then ISIS. Okay, so he could not have been more wrong on Islamic terror than, than Barack Obama was. So then we walk back to the previous Democrat president and we arrive at Bill Clinton, right? And what happened during Bill Clinton's administration? How about the first terror attack on the World Trade Center? How about numerous terror attacks that were carried out in the 90s at U.S. embassies throughout the world? How about the 2000 attack on the U.S. coal? All these terror attacks and, and nothing. And we later came to learn that there was even a time where Bill Clinton had the opportunity to, to that we our forces had the opportunity to take out Osama bin Laden. Bill Clinton didn't give him the go ahead to do it. Boy, that was a little bit of a mess. What do you think? But but then you go back even a little bit further, and what do we get? Previous Democrat president was who? Jimmy Carter. Well, look at that. The Iranian hostage crisis. Notice the pattern here. And speaking of here, have you seen the, the proliferation of the pro-Palestine contingency as it continues to grow? You notice how it's actually growing in this country. It's not tamping down. It's, it's growing. I wonder why that is. Again, the weakness of this administration, even with the people that can be radicalized around us. Now we're just seeing how many people it really was. Continuous conversation. Take some of your calls next. I'm Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. You want a killer Black Friday deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G 5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. The Constitution Man, Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Both the Israelis and Hamas say there will be an exchange of hostages for prisoners, and then a four-day ceasefire will be part of this entire... Yeah, that is uh, Fox's Trey Yinks there. And uh, yeah, so the hostage deal that may not... Come to fruition after all. Uh, I don't know. We're, we're hearing that there is a delay in the hostage arraignment arrangement, which was going to uh, commence tomorrow morning. 
And we we shall see, uh, you know, what, if anything, comes of this. But of course, you know, one of the things I will talk about, uh, there being two sides to stories and one side of facts, but also if the premise of anything is false, anything built on that false premise, it's going to fail too. And negotiating with terrorists, that's a false premise. Shouldn't be here in the first place. Never should have put the pressure on Israel to do this deal in the first place. The focus should squarely be on the eradication of Hamas, which makes the entire region and by proxy the entire world more safe. That is what needs to happen. And given that we have a feckless president of the United States, if he had just stayed out of the way, Benjamin Netanyahu, not a boob, not the kind of guy who seems like he's afraid to do what needs to be done. Just getting out of his way and letting them win, which they have been doing decisively, is all that has needed to be uh, the, the course of action here right along. No, no, no. You know, Joe Biden's concerned about, I don't know, losing the Muslim vote in Michigan, for example. Aside from whatever, I don't know, maybe Barack Obama's real ambitions are in the Middle East. Brian Mudd here for the great one, Mark Levin. And uh, one thought for you. Going to get to your calls here in a moment. Uh, Before we dive in, want you to, to be thinking, obviously, holidays on the brain. Hope you and your family do have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And by the way, you know, you'll have the people that will say, oh, you know, you don't want to bring up politics over Thanksgiving. And here's how to, to cope with with family members that, that you disagree with. Bull crap. Our country, this world is at stake. It's time to talk to people. It's time to educate people. And if you got boobs in your family. Thanksgiving is as good a time as any to try to educate them. What do you want them out there being one of these, you know, Palestinian protesters or something? I mean, come on. No, that that's all crap. Being ignorant and, and turning your head and, and allowing your family and your friends to be morons, that doesn't do anybody any good. And one of the ways that you can combat that is with Mark Levin's latest book, The Democrat Party Hates America. And you have a, a, the ability right now to get a copy, not just any copy, but a first edition signed copy of the Democrat Party Hates America. Now, where you go to get this before they're gone is levinsigned.com. Again, you got to go to levinsigned.com to get your limited first edition signed copy of the Democrat Party Hates America. All right, let's go to DJ. I believe she's in New York. DJ, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you, Brian? Doing well. Uh, gosh, where do I begin? <laughs> you are <laughs> one. You're one hundred percent right. Um, Dems do hate America. They always have. I grew up in a political democratic family and lost my brother and my father because of that. They are evil through and through. Biden is a child nibbling pervert, and that's what he is. And he is Biden is Obama's puppet. He always has been. Um, Israel needs to stop waiting. Joe, Joe Biden is funding, uh, is funding terrorists. That's what he's doing. He's trying to get people to put off fighting. You're right. How you, hostage negotiation. 
there should be no negotiation. You have to go in, you have to get your people and wipe out the evil. And that's the only way, in my opinion. I mean, God, I will take issue with what the one gentleman said. Um, my husband, God rest his soul, fought overseas. Many of our friends have come back in the Marines. They are all Trump supporters, 100%. With him, none of this would be happening. Very true. Very true. Uh, DJ, I appreciate the call. Um, and uh, may may God bless you and your family. And uh, I, I'm I'm sure that uh, you know the holidays you know, take on a little different uh, little different feeling these days for you. But that is uh, you know you appreciate you being there and and doing what you're doing. And you're you're exactly right. And by the way, most Americans agree with that sentiment. You know, it's one thing to kind of put out declarative that is somewhat hypothetical that none of this would be happening if Donald Trump is, is president of the United States. But actually most Americans think that, you know, we had polling right after uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and well over 60% of Americans believed that Russia never would have invaded Ukraine if Donald Trump were still president of the United States. And if the guy who bombed the blank out of ISIS who destroyed ISIS in just a matter of months. If the guy who did that were still president, you think Islamic terrorists like Hamas be acting out? So I think, you know, there there's a lot of weight to what you say there. And and actually, in that point, most Americans, thankfully, uh, agree with your sentiment. Let's go to Joe in Kansas City. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. Uh, your top flight overall. But one thing I have a question for you is, why do you keep referring to this area, this mythical country, Palestine? There is no Palestine. That's what NPR calls that area, you know? Uh, You know, you're absolutely correct. And I'm not sure what you've heard from me, but uh, I refer to it as the Palestinian territories for that very reason, that there is uh, nothing that is the Palestine. The only thing... Uh, I would have referred to in that context, it would be the PLO. That is their their name, actually, is the Palestine. Uh, you know, so um, no. But otherwise, that's that's completely correct sentiment, Joe. And uh, they are not a le- legitimate state. And uh, the reference to them, you know, in, in that regard is is not appropriate. And appreciate being there. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's go to Danny in D.C. Well, God bless you. Danny, welcome to the show. Hey, Brian. Good evening. Thanks for taking the call. Um, earlier this afternoon, like right like right after this uh, car uh, exploded on the New York-Canadian border, uh, reports were, oh, my God, it's been destroyed so badly, we don't even know what car it was. Right. Now, former EOD, there's three things that are going to separate an engine from its frame. A uh, 200-mile-an-hour collision, which wasn't the case. C4, plastic explosive, ammonium nitrate diesel fuel, or a car full of gasoline, which gets ruled out because the fumes of the gasoline would have knocked the drivers out, and they wouldn't have been able to make it across that bridge. Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, is as big an idiot as the kids that she wants to improve literacy on. <laughs> she's trying to play this down because while we have had our sights on the southern border 
our northern border has been equally as porous. However, there's one caveat. West of the Mississippi, you're going to get shot. East of the Mississippi, yeah, well, you know, we'll have to worry. We got Vermont, got New Hampshire, you got Michigan, you got New York, obviously, you got Maine, all libtard states. The thing is this, our country's been invaded. It's just a matter of time. And for them to be dialing back what the media came forth with right after the noon hour here shows exactly that, that they don't want the American people to know in their jurisdictions, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, New York, Ohio, anybody east of the Mississippi, that if you're on the Canadian border, you've had infiltration. Danny, because I think while you spent so much focus on the southern border. The northern border has become a free for all. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, I think you could be on to something there and uh, appreciate the call. I have nowhere near your level of expertise when it comes to explosives. Uh, but I just being a human on this planet and reasonably informed know that, you know, cargo boom like that doesn't just happen because you you went pretty fast into a barrier, right? I mean, that happens every day. Uh, I'm in South Florida. You have people that are all over 95 and the turnpike is the main thoroughfare just to get to and from work around here. Cars, unfortunately, go boom into those barriers uh, every day, but they don't go boom as an explode. Uh, so, no, not not a normal thing. And I don't know what happened here uh, any more than than anybody else at this point. However... It is beyond odd that you have the governor of New York, the lead investigative unit on this, not any New York law enforcement agency. They're involved, no doubt, but it's not the state of New York in any capacity that is the lead investigative unit. The FBI took the lead on this immediately, investigating it as a potential act of terror. So for the governor of New York, not the Federal Bureau of Investigation, not the lead investigative unit, but the governor of New York, to come out and, and rule out terrorism, there are so many things that are wrong and inappropriate with it. And then it, it gets to, OK, well, what would the motivation be here? And what you're talking about, you know, could you know very well be be interesting. There have been a number of people that I've heard from that have suggested that the northern border is is being used as well. We, we don't really know the circumstances involving the individual or individuals. We're told there are two. But, yeah, I mean, definitely seems like there's more to this story. Let's go to James in Texas. James, welcome to the show. Hello, sir. I'm enjoying your show tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, the car explosion, I'm not really trusting anything a New York governor has to say. It had me reflecting back to an attempted terrorist attack uh, in Clinton's last year or two. And he was on every news channel, NPR, ABC, NBC, at the end of the night, basically saying, hey, these terrorists are stupid. If they really want to hurt us, they'll start flying planes full of jet fuel in the tall buildings at rush hour. And I was just wondering if any of your listeners remembered that. I've tried to find it on the Internet, and it's been scrubbed. It's disappeared. And I was just wondering if anybody remembered that. Yeah, James, I I mean, gosh, I've been covering this stuff for a long time, including during that window you're talking about. And I'm not I'm not terribly sure about that um, there. 
Clinton had his fingerprints on a lot of things. As I mentioned uh, just a bit ago, you had first the first attack in the World Trade Center in 93. You had a series of U.S. embassies that were attacked by Islamic terrorists all throughout the 90s. You had the U.S. Uh, S. Cole that was struck by Islamic terrorists in 2000. And uh, you also had a window in time in which our, our intelligence agencies knew that it was Al-Qaeda and specifically Osama bin Laden, who was the mastermind behind all of those attacks. And yet Clinton did not do anything, including an opportunity. And as memory serves, he was on a golf course when he got the call, decided not to to give the authorization to take out Osama bin Laden. So, uh, you know, the idea that he underestimated them, I, I, I think, is is safe to say, uh, given what came next. But to the level of specificity uh, which you suggested, uh, that does not sound familiar. So I'm not sure about the conspiracy theory on on that one being scrubbed. Let's go to Brian in Pennsylvania. Brian, welcome to the show. Much, and I hope. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving and happy you Thanksgiving well. to all your listeners. I just wanted to comment that with the unrest here in our country and all the problems with Hamas and Israel. Something that's not being discussed as often as I wish it would be is that this is a religious war. We, the United States of America, is a Judeo-Christian nation. I don't know of any other nation worldwide that still refers to itself as a Judeo-Christian nation. And part of the scheme of these Muslim terrorists and Hamas is to destroy Israel but it's also to destroy us as Christians because we're infidels to them, okay? And, I mean, this is something that that needs to be discussed more, and it might help people understand what's happening. And I just, lastly, I just wanted to say that um, my husband and I support Israel. We fly the Israeli flag under uh, the Stars and Stripes. We also fly the rainbow flag. And there are many LGB um, people who are patriotic, who um, are God-fearing, although that might sound strange to some listeners. And we love our country, and I just hope that people realize that the progressive left is using any type of faction in our society to push their agenda. So um, I, I just hope that people understand that most people are still patriotic we support our country and um yeah. i just want yeah, to appreciate get that the call brian. out yeah may, may god bless you brian uh be well and you know we were this country certainly founded on judeo-christian values one thing and it is you know kind of an important distinction uh you know if you take a look at say for example israel Israel was actually founded as a Jewish state, right? So this is post-World War II. There needs to be a place where the Jewish people can feel safe. So Israel was a Jewish state. Uh, we were, were not so established, uh, the principles, but not necessarily as so established. Brian Mudd, and for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. You want a killer Black Friday deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. 
Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad-pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. We will bring security both to the south and as well as to the north. We are winning, and we will continue fighting until the absolute complete victory. And that's why we're not going to do a ceasefire, right? Uh, that was the, the voice of one Benjamin Netanyahu. So you got BB, who is very declarative there, right? We are winning, and we're not going to stop until Hamas is, is dust. Does that sound like a guy who would want a ceasefire? Or does that sound like a guy who is on a mission to eradicate the evil terrorist organization that is Hamas as quickly as possible, killing them before they kill more Israelis? It's pretty evident just how extensive the involvement of the president of the United States has been and interfering with Israel carrying out its mission. And I ask again, why is it that Israel is different? Why is it that other countries are allowed to do what they need to do? Where, where are the uh, you know, calls for, for ceasefires with Ukraine, with Russia? Where are the calls for ceasefires anytime the United States is engaged in conflict? My God, you get, you get Israel that is the victim of the worst attack on their people, on Jewish people, since the Holocaust, and man, we gotta have some ceasefires in the mix, huh? What do you say? Our president has to be right in the mix of all that, doesn't he? Yeah. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. 
Now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. The TSA says to expect a heightened security presence, and that they say they're monitoring the situation closely, and that travelers can expect a heightened security posture as they go to the airport. I want to read part of the statement that they just sent us, saying you can expect to notice an increased law enforcement and canine presence in the transportation system. That would imply at airports across the country and at places, uh, uh, border entries across the country. TSA is operating at a heightened level of security, they say, as a result result of world events and the current threat environment that is fox's gritty trimble and uh, the tsa releasing that statement after the rainbow bridge i don't know if this wasn't an attack according to new york governor kathy hochel just uh, the the new york uh, cargo boom at the at the rainbow bridge you know, just kind of like Bob and Joe, you know, those crazy kids, they just rammed their car. They took it too far this time. That kind of thing. Which, by the way, uh, you know, while Kathy Hochul has said, yeah, you know, it's just a car crash. Nothing to see here, folks. The FBI still has not come out with any determination here. They are not ruling out terrorism as of now. And it still is being investigative, investigated as a potential, potential act of terror. And... You take a look at the TSA and other agencies that have gone to the most heightened state of alert on one of the busiest travel days of the year. What does that tell you? Now, again, I don't know, but it sure feels. And if you see the video, perhaps looks a little bit different than what the New York governor has had to offer about this. But nevertheless, as we are taking a look at whatever happened at the Rainbow Bridge today, so we are taking a look at what has been a heightened terror threat, a wide open southern border, a ceasefire deal that never should have been negotiated in the first place. And even after it was negotiated, it's three to one in favor of the terrorists, three to one in favor of the terrorists. That was evidently the best that Biden could do after weeks of works, uh, work on negotiations. Uh, we're, we're now hearing that deal is delayed. It was supposed to commence in the morning. We've got all that going on. Talk a little bit about Islamophobia, because that's the real issue. It's just Islamophobia. So we'll talk about that in Palestinian reality. Speaking of things that President Biden is concerned with and that he has been doing stateside, not making you any safer, but he is worried about you being an Islamophobe. So we got that going for us. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. I am the host of the the Brian Mudd Show out of my home station, WJNO in West Palm Beach. Uh, you can catch my podcast, the Brian Mudd Show, also my blog under the same name. Uh, wherever you you get your podcast, there for you at Brian Mudd Radio on social as well. And uh, truly an honor and a pleasure every time I get to spend a little time here with you guesting for the great one. And aside from the fact that we have an absolutely incompetent president that makes the world less safe by his very existence in that capacity, 
do hope that you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving and, and holiday season. But I mean, the reality is what it is. And we've got to stay informed. We've got to be smart and we've got to do what we can to win back this country next year. Uh, you know, I, I had never been the kind of person that would you, you always have these people. They'll say every election cycle, this is the most important election cycle of of uh, our lives. I never once said that. I've been doing this for this is my 26th year now, and I have never once said that, but it is true now. What happens next year is the most important election of our lives. And every day in that context matters, and especially over the holidays. If you have people that need information, it's important to be able to provide them with the information. So let's talk about Biden's Islamophobia plan and really some of the backstory here. You know, when he first announced this, you know, was it about two and a half weeks ago, gained some attention. Nobody's really paid a whole lot of attention to it since. But the backstory, the actual facts that went into this are, are fascinating in, in so many ways. So when the Biden administration decided that they were going to create an Islamophobia task force, the president announced a the need for a national strategy to combat Islamophobia. And he said that the task force was necessary to, quote, counter the scourge of Islamophobia and hate in all its forms. Now, there's only one issue with this. I mean, actually, like two. One, according to the FBI hate crime database, only 17.3% of hate crimes are related to one's religion. Okay, so the first thing is, if we just break out religious hate crimes from all the others, religion, 17.3%, okay? Now, what percentage of religious hate crimes, just the religious hate crimes in this country, do you think are directed at Muslims? Do, 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 do. It's 9%. 9%. What religion was and is by far the most likely to be the target of an attack. Do, 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 do. You, you don't need any time on this. It, 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 Jewish. Jews, far and away. In fact, over a third of all religious hate crimes before, before any of this, before Hamas's terror attack on Israel, before all the anti-Semitic mobs in the streets, across our country, around the world, before any of that, over a third of all religious hate crimes were directed at Jews. And what has Joe Biden created recently? An Islamophobia task force? When Muslims are 9% of the victims of religious hate crimes. Huh. That sure seems strange, doesn't it? So to be clear, what the Biden administration's priority is, is to create a task force to address Islamophobia, which accounts for only 9% of the cause of 17% of the hate crimes. Oh, and that not so coincidentally is the religion, which is currently projecting hate at what was already the largest group of hate crime victims in the country. I mean, it's the kind of stuff that you just cannot make up. And here's the thing. As we take a look at this still being about Islam. 
Now, Islam is, in fact, a religion which, if practiced under Sharia law, includes texts that literally calls for the ambushing and beheading of its non-believers. It's right there. It's the uncomfortable truth of the Quran. And that is, as a matter of fact, why for 1,500 years, Islamists have chanted God is great while doing those types of things, just as they did October 7th in, in, in Israel. Now, despite that less uncomfortable reality, despite the fact that I've never been afraid to read directly from the Quran's text, in fact, a few weeks ago when I was guessing for the great one I did, people called me an Islamophobe for doing it. It's fascinating to me how it is that if you actually read the religious text, that makes you a bigot of some sort. I mean, just I guess because you're just not supposed to know you're not. That's the that's the deep, dark, dark secret that only the people that practice Sharia law are, are supposed to know, I guess. Uh, and by the way, and, and I said it then, I say it now I'm not Islamophobic, nor do I condone any of that kind of behavior. I am a Christian. We're called on to to love our, our neighbors, not hate them because they might adhere to a religion, which when practiced strictly does create some big time problems. I mean, that's kind of an immovable fact. But as always, you have two sides to stories, one set of facts. So let's stick with those. And the fact is that a big part of the problem that we continue to deal with, especially as there is a political component that appears to be at play here with President Biden, it is a fact that most American Muslims are supportive of Hamas, which means that most American Muslims are supporting Islamic terrorism. 58% of American Muslims recently polled said they believe Hamas was justified in attacking Israel as part of their struggle for a Palestinian state. So yeah, we, we have over half of American Muslims rooting for the destruction of Israel and the terroristic elimination of all Jews. And, and Joe Biden's move is what? To attempt to protect them from being victims of hate crimes. If it were like your stated goal in life just to fail at doing the right things, I, I do not believe that you could be more successful, more consistently than President Biden. But of course, the real motivation here is likely a political calculation, at least as far as the Islamophobia task force is, is concerned. There are all kinds of concerns about losing the Muslim vote next year. Conversely, you got some common sense. And a, a South Florida congressman, friend of mine, uh, Brian Mass, who has sacrificed as much for this country as anybody who's ever lived to, to tell about it, uh, he, he nailed it. In the recent debate over humanitarian aid funding for Gaza, in the House, which thankfully House Speaker Mike Johnson has opposed. Mast nailed it when he said, and I quote him, any assistance should be slowed down, any assistance. Because I would challenge anybody in here to point to me which Palestinian is Hamas, which one is an innocent civilian. It should absolutely be every effort made to slow down any perceived assistance that's going on there. I would encourage the other side to not so lightly throw around the idea of innocent Palestinian civilians, as is frequently said. I don't think 
We would soon likely throw around the term innocent Nazi civilians during World War II. It is not a far stretch to say that there are very few innocent Palestinian civilians. Now, you might imagine that if 58% of American Muslims are supportive of Hamas, the figure would be even higher for those who literally voted them into power over the Palestinian territories, right? Oh, and you would be right. Because as I've referenced, 75%, so according to the Pew Research Center, 75% of Palestinians are supportive of Sharia, are supportive of Islamic law under Hamas. And this means, just as mass implied, there just really are not many innocent Palestinians. Most of the Palestinian people are not victims of Hamas. They're the perpetrators of Hamas. In sending humanitarian aid into that territory, which is also part of this ceasefire arrangement, is the equivalent of the Biden administration releasing $6 billion in funds for, quote-unquote, humanitarian aid to Iran. And, and all that is independent of the United States being nearly $34 trillion in debt as a country. We, we do not have the money for these types of things. But even if we did, there's pretty much nothing worse that we could do with it than to prop up Islamic terrorists. Now, predictably, Mass was called a, a racist, a bigot, all those things. The fact of the matter is he nailed it. And it's important that people are aware of the realities that we face because a lot of people get surprised when you hear all of the pro-Palestinian stuff that goes on out there in society. It's like, wow, this all came to the surface. You start to take a look at you know, some of these numbers and it's all very understandable how it is that we have arrived in this place. Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mud Lovin. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. There are concerns about a rise in crime across the country. Many police departments believe that it has increased since the pandemic. That Gallup poll, 40% of these people, uh, would you be afraid to walk alone at night within a mile of your home? In 1993, it was 43%. It dipped down right now. We're at 40%, the highest it's been since 1993 in 30 years. Yeah, so look at that, huh? Does that make you feel warm and fuzzy? I talked about Joe Biden's very existence as president of the United States making the world less safe, making our country less safe. But then you continue to just boil down all of it. And what we have continued to see with the leftists, the leftist Soros backed often DAs that don't enforce crimes, leftists that pass policies to eliminate cash bail. Where has it left us? Now it's all put us in a place to where we as a society feel the least secure we have in at least 30 years. 
at least 30 years to where we don't feel safe at night really walking outside of our home. There are a lot of different ways that you can kind of boil down information, news, events. But that really puts a lot of it in perspective, doesn't it? Just what it really means right there at home for you. About how much less safe we are as a society. Kind of a sad thing. Have your family over for Thanksgiving. Don't feel like you go walking around safely. Even in your neighborhood. Kind of crazy. Brian want, Brian Mudd in for uh, Mark Levin. And we've been talking about the ongoing ceasefire nonsense that has now been delayed. Uh, that was supposed to take place tomorrow morning. We'll see what happens there. We've been talking about whatever happened at the Rainbow Bridge that New York Governor Kathy Hochul has suggested. Hey, it was just, uh, you know, a couple local yokels. They just they ran into a barrier. It happens. And yeah, don't mind the whole car goes boom thing. I mean, so she's said that it really wasn't anything. Nothing to see there. The FBI has not said that, by the way. They're, they continued the investigation into the situation. We, uh, speaking of security issues, have a heightened state of alert that is uh, in, in place anywhere you are traveling. So if you uh, do happen to be flying today or through the rest of the weekend, TSA is on the highest level of alert. So it could take you more time to kind of work through things. And then when you get to where you're going, you don't even really feel safe there. And at its core, this is what's important to take back. When we talk about taking back our country, shouldn't be this way. None of it should be that way, right? Israel shouldn't be attacked. Ukraine shouldn't be invaded. Afghanistan shouldn't collapse. We shouldn't be on pins and needles traveling. We shouldn't be on pins and needles walking around our neighborhood. We can do better. We will. We'll talk about that on the other side. Take some of your calls as well. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call him now, 877-381-3811. Speaker Mike Johnson meeting with President Trump at his Florida home not long after officially endorsing him for president. This as Republicans have struggled in fundraising after the NRCC, the fundraising arm for House Republicans, reported only $5 million in donations in October. That's down 40% compared to September. House Democrats raised about $8 million in October. Yeah, and the fundraising happened to be something that the former House Speaker was pretty adept at. Kevin McCarthy could fundraise. Mike Johnson uh, maybe trying to find his, his sea legs here. And so, yeah, just miles from where I'm broadcasting from right now. You have had House Speaker Mike Johnson meeting with the former and perhaps future president of the United States, trying to figure out how to hold the House and really uh, be able to grow the House in addition to taking back this country next year, which is something that can't be taken for granted. Uh, the extent to which our problems persist We've talked about various different elements within our own society, right down to the, at some level, shocking amount of support for Islamic terrorists uh, within this country. But you also take a look at, you know, the amount of apathy that is out there. Like, I get if you don't want to be donating to House Republicans at this point, there's no doubt that there is damage that 
was done by the whole Matt Gates fiasco and everything that transpired. And you know, like Mike Johnson, what did we get? The first policy out of him was exactly the last policy out of Kevin McCarthy, right? A clean continuing resolution. In fact, it could have been argued that the continuing resolution that McCarthy brought forward was actually a little bit less clean than the one Mike Johnson did. And a lot of that is not necessarily Johnson's fault. What are you going to do? What kind of policy are you going to get when you effectively only control a third of the federal government? The only policy that exists in this environment is compromise policy by definition. And unless you're just going to keep, you know, partial government shutdown in place until, uh, you know, what you hope is is taking back the House and, and Congress generally and in 2025, I mean, you know, that's that's the situation he's in, which, by the way, that's why McCarthy's situation was never really about principle for Gates. It was very much a personal thing. I talked about that previously. We won't get into that right now, but. Uh, it is critical every day. That's why here, even in now a, a holiday week, you have the House Speaker meeting with Trump and trying to get on the same page, having a strategy going forward. By the way, information, education, the holidays, great opportunity for you to deliver a great gift for the patriot in your life. The Democrat Party Hates America, of course, Mark Levin's latest number one bestseller. And you can get your limited first edition signed copy of the Democrat Party Hates America. But you can only do it at LevinSign.com. If you want this first edition signed copy, go to LevinSign.com. Check it out. By the way, Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin. And it's a pleasure to be here with you. Go to the phones and get some of your thoughts. We'll start with Patrick in Indiana. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking my call, Brian. Uh, the way to get rid of Joe Biden and to save this country is for Mike Johnson to do his job and bring charges of impeachment, which can't fail, against Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Then he would be president. And I know, first of all, he has to bring these charges before the Senate, and they would they would vote, of course, that uh, Biden was guilty of, of impeachment. But Article Three, Section Three, Clause One, uh, says that um, any president that gives aid and comfort to the enemy that's treason, and that's the first two things that uh, Biden did. I think Obama overstepped himself there and. Having yeah. him uh, do those two things and the the two yeah, that we Patrick, I, and I appreciate the call and I, I hear what you're saying. But, yeah, I mean, there's obviously no chance that a Democrat controlled Senate is going to convict uh, either the president or vice president, no matter what the charges are that that would be brought. Look, that doesn't mean that the proceedings don't have value. The real way to attack this isn't by thinking that you're going to somehow or another overcome the numbers in the the Senate and uh, you're going to remove uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. The way to remove them is at the voting booth. And that's where the focus and the energy can be. But it's also congruent with the ongoing House investigations. Right. So one of the things that happens through the impeachment process. And right now we're still in that inquiry stage. We'll see how this all develops. 
but you have subpoena power that you don't otherwise have and you have fact finding and ultimately that information can be exposed that can be brought before the american people so that informed decisions can be made about uh joe biden and the republican nominee for president that we were deprived of heading into the 2020 election uh, that you you had everybody from the intelligence agencies social media companies news organizations uh, make sure that they they would not allow the the truth to come out uh and so the the suppression of information of four years ago can be the proliferation of information next year and the proceedings can be part of that but that's what needs to happen it's up to you and me and other americans to vote these people out that's how you take back this country let's go to leo in virginia leo welcome to the show it's really important to realize the date that the Hamas chose to attack. It was October the 7th, which was the Battle of Lepanto. So what he, they were saying is, first we're coming after the Jews, and then we're coming after the second generation of Jews, the Christians. Uh, well, you know, you're exactly right. In fact, we have actually heard some of the in- intelligence uh, that has filtered out has suggested that this attack was planned for a previous state, but was delayed specifically to uh, to coincide with the the anniversary. And, you know, it's it's absolutely on point what you're talking about. Uh, let's go to Mordecai in central New Jersey. Mordecai, welcome to the show. Brian. How you Is doing, Brian? sir? Yes, sir. I just wanted to say you're doing a great job. Uh, I've been I've been fully enveloped the entire time just as I would with the great ones. So you're doing an excellent job. I, I just want to commend you for that. I um, appreciate it. I just wanted to preface that. Uh, you know, you, absolutely. I wanted to preface this by saying that um, I lost a, a couple of friends of mine on October 7th. One of them, Jake Marlowe, was murdered at the um, Nova Music Festival. He was running security, and uh, he died after saving about 10 to 12 people on his ATV and getting them to safety. Uh, wow. He was shot in the neck. Um, so he's my age, you know, mid-20s. Uh, he had just moved to Israel because of uh, anti-Semitism in the United Kingdom. Um, and uh, he was just about to settle down and, you know, his life was taken uh, from him too soon. And he was murdered in cold blood. My other friend, Shlomi Ziv, is also being held hostage. He was also running security at that festival. He uh, was driving out, but he got stuck in with all the cars. So he was eventually captured. Um, and he's being held in Gaza right now. Uh, he's 40 years old. They're considering him as a soldier the same way as they're considering a 66-year-old man as a soldier. Um, so they're at the bottom of the bucket in terms of um, who's going to be released. Um, I have another one, Omer Nutra, who has been mentioned on WABC a few times. Um, he is uh, he is also being held in Gaza. And so I just, you know, I have a personal stake in this. I'm very invested in it. Um, I just, my, my main comment I wanted to say was, um, well, before that, I'll make it really quick. The the post that I put up on my Instagram, uh, because I do debate people on Instagram, which is not a very good forum, but nonetheless, I do. Um, I put up a uh, um, sort of like a uh, in-memoriam post for Jake. And since my profile is public, I have people commenting, um, you know, of course, sorry for your loss. But when I have replies from people who are, uh, so let's say, pro-Hamas instead of pro-Palestine, uh, pro Hamas, they're commenting things like, um, "I'm glad your friend is taking a good dirt nap," or, um, he, "You know, it's good that his life was taken from him." Things like that, and, and, I, and I, in the comments, 
I pinned the comments to show the world what I'm de- like, what we're dealing with here. And, and my main thing that I wanted to say is this, is that the one thing that the extreme right and the extreme left can agree on is their hatred of Jews. Um, and that's sacrosanct. Seriously. I mean, they could, they have, they, if they were to put their differences aside, uh, it would be like Bloods and Crips going together and, and taking over the rest of the gangs. I mean, I'm serious. Well, a- anti-Semitism, no matter where it comes from, is and has always been wrong. And, uh, you know, I think it's more specific than extreme right and extreme left. But there are factions and and both um, to your point that the bigger problem is, hate, and, you know, how it is that we arrived at at this particular place and it reminds me of some gallup research gallup has some good long-range research because they've been around longer than any other polling firm and one that kind of sticks in my brain the differences on political ideologies over time a lot of people will lament the way that politics used to be right now there is some truth that we weren't as divided as we used to be you know, I don't want to misquote these specific uh, numbers, but, you know, if you go back, for example, even in you know the late 90s, on the average issue, you know, a Republican and Democrat might be about 20 percent away from one another to where, you know, there often could be some middle ground that could f- be found on a similar similar issue. Any more we're talking about than having doubled. And so over time, on the average issue. There is a vast divide between the two. So then when you push it out further to the extremes and those that are willing to engage in hate, uh, that's that's the problem is you probably have more people, regardless of ideology, that get pushed to those places because they've grown up in a society in which there has been a larger divide. And that tends to breed more of that behavior with and and I, I think that is an important contextual element in this conversation as well. But uh so sorry for your loss and uh, appreciate the call. Let's go to Ken in Central Florida. Ken, welcome to the show. How you doing, Brian? I just wanted to say thanks for the show. It's been very good tonight. Um, appreciate it. What I wanted to ask was please refresh my memory regarding the entire um Palestinian area, in other words, the place that was called Palestine, was it not the 1917 Balfour Declaration that the British were given a mandate, that they were supposed to make sure that basically most of that area was supposed to go to the Jews because of what happened during the the wars and the fact that uh, bringing them home to their homeland, there is no Palestine per se, which is that area was called that. So please yeah. help me. Under, I mean, again, I don't want to ever disrespect a fellow human being that is of Arab descent. I'm sorry. That's not my place to do that. But for them to sit there and have been propagated with this hatred for the last 80 years of the Jewish people. Um, Brian, my yeah. brother is a Jew. Okay. My brother is a rabbinical Jew. My nieces, I went to my niece's bed mitzvah five years ago when she was 13. My brother was married at the, in the oldest synagogue in Georgia. I lived in Gwinnett County, Georgia, for 25 years. I love well. my brother with all my I love my brother with all my heart, but I'm tired. There's only, one, there's only one Israeli prime minister that I will ever trust, and his name is Bibi Netanyahu. He's not a perfect man. He's made mistakes. 
but every time he's been the prime minister of that organization of the, the, the state of Israel, the right things for the most part have happened, including the Abraham Accords. Yeah. So again, I stand with yep. Israel. I, again, I don't hate any Arab people. They have a right to their own self-determination, but there's no such Certainly thing they, as them you're, telling you. You're right. Now, Ken, I appreciate the call. Uh, and, and herein lies the point, right? And, and this is the challenge, and it's something I referenced earlier in the show, which is the uncomfortable truth is you start taking a look at who is willing to have peace. And if you take a look at the Palestinian territories, and again, the Pew Research Center spent a lot of time studying this last decade, and they found that 75%, three-quarters of the people in the Palestinian territories were supportive of Sharia law uh, under the governance of Hamas. And what does that mean? It means the eradication of Israel. By the way, it doesn't stop there. It's the eradication of the infidels, which is everybody who doesn't believe it. And you talk about the last 80 years. I mean, there, there's truth to that. But really, I mean, it's gone on for 1500 years, right? I think the difference is the extent to which the world has become interconnected uh, more so over time that people are aware. One of the things that I've done on occasion is point out just how many Islamic terror attacks happen. You know, people might think, oh, you know, would there have been, you know, the, the, the situation in Israel, maybe a few other here and there. I mean, no, I mean, we, we, on a daily basis, we average numerous Islamic terror attacks around the world. They just don't typically make the news because they're in a, a country that isn't, often covered and it might be a whole village of christians that get wiped out and you know in, in an african country for example this type of thing happens on the regular uh, but yeah I mean, I mean like the the information is is key here and that is one of the great challenges is it's hamas isn't like this thing that co-opted the palestinian territories uh, hamas was elected by the palestinian people to govern them over the plo which was already terroristic Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mud Lovin. More than 55 million are expected to head 50 miles or more, and this breaks down to 49 million getting behind the wheel, 4.7 million catching a flight, and 1.5 million taking a cruise, bus, or train. Now, a lot of folks have been listening, have been uh, en route to that eventual Thanksgiving destination and appreciate you taking the time to listen. You know, one thing I have always been cognizant of, especially as you start talking about right around the holidays. It's one thing to be connected and informed all the rest of the year. But when you take the time to invest informationally, yeah, like on uh, on um, the afternoon, the evening before Thanksgiving, it's because you care about this country that much. And this has been a, a fairly heavy show. Unfortunately, that's the world that we live in. Right. And I wish it were different, uh, but it's not. And that's that's why we got to do a better job going forward. And it, but it, I, I think hopefully, uh, you know, we have a lot, not only that we can be thankful for despite uh, the issues around us, but. I think we have a lot of hope on the horizon. I mean, no doubt if you are as politically engaged as you most certainly are, you've seen a lot of the polling that's out there and everything else. And look, it's worth what you pay for it, right? But Trump is averaging nine points better head to head with Biden than he was on Election Day 2020. There are obviously a lot of people that have seen the error of their ways that are thinking differently about things. 
we could take this opportunity over Thanksgiving, over the holidays, to reach those informationally who are open to information and to do our part to make things a little bit better going forward. I'm very optimistic as we head towards next year. I'm not only thankful for everything that we have right now, but what will be. I think the best is still yet to come. May God bless you, your family. Happy Thanksgiving. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin.